Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last-minute tickets to sports, concerts, all type of shows. My kids have everything. Impossible to get them something they don't already have, so I like to get them experiences. And what's a better experience than taking the boys to a game? And because I'm a cheap dad, you know I'm hitting up GameTime for the best prices. Plus, now GameTime is hooking you up for the holidays with $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Ticket section of the app. Create an account. Then under the billing section, redeem code THEATHLETIC. That's one word, THEATHLETIC, for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeemed code, and it expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, 2019. So make moves quick and score last-minute tickets. Welcome to another edition of Miles More Madness. I'm your host, CJ Moore, joined as always by Tim Miles. Tim, what's going on? How was your weekend? It was good. Spent a lot of time on uh, Big Ten Network uh, talking Big Ten hoops. And uh, as I understand it, you, that's where we're starting today. Yeah, we're starting out in the Big Ten because uh, it's kind of wild. So, so Minnesota upsets Ohio State last night. And yes, it was an upset. Um, you know, I think Ohio State was like an eight and a half point favorite, I believe. So no one has won a road game in the Big Ten yet. What the heck is going on? Yeah, 13 straight wins for the home teams. And there's still one more game to go, which is uh, Michigan State at Northwestern. On I, Wednesday. I, yeah, I just have never seen anything like it. And uh, I mean, it's usually... I think over the past, it's been like uh, nine and five, eight and six for the home team. So really not even more of an even split. And I, one, it probably says lack of a dominant team, even though uh, we thought that, that Ohio State was. Dwayne Washington, their two guard, was out with bruised ribs. Uh, that might have hurt him a little bit, but Marcus Carr yeah. in Minnesota just, I mean, what, he had 35, and and they just drilled him. Uh, and yeah. Sometimes those big breaks work against you, but I think as we look at things, um, you know, you've got great coaches in the Big Ten all the way through. Uh, you know, uh, if 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 you look at last place being Nebraska and Northwestern, I mean, those two guys can really coach, and they're your last place guys. And and I just think through and through, that's Chris Collins and Fred Hoiberg. And I think through and through, when you look at it. Uh, you just have to come ready every time. And uh, I thought that, you know, the teams, the road teams yesterday kind of looked sluggish. The home teams were more inspired and, and just had a better edge about them. And so maybe sometimes those long layoffs hurt you too. Yeah, no, you know, Ohio State, you, you never know if, if mentally it mess you up a little bit when, when if you win that game, you're probably looking at being number one tomorrow. Um you know, I, I don't know that, that that always matters, but it probably way in, at least at least something that they're they're thinking about, probably getting excited about. And uh, how about you know Marcus Carr? He had two points the game before that I saw, and uh, thirty five last night. So, so, but my favorite part of all this is if Northwestern wins on Wednesday, 
you'll have a 14-way tie for first place and a 14-way tie for last place. <laughs> like, yeah, no doubt about that? it. Yeah, and, and and that's that was fascinating because uh, right now I think Northwestern's 0-1 and they're in 14th place and everybody else is tied for first. Yeah, yeah, it's an or it's tied insane. for second. I'm so, sorry, tied for second. So, yeah, tied for second. So, who do you think is um, who do you think is the favorite? to uh to win this thing as you look at it now yeah i i still i'm still an ohio state fan uh i know that was one of your picks for the final four because you got to it before Mm -hmm. i did uh but (laughs) you know when i look at that the league uh i just feel like they've got the most going for them uh uh, uh, michigan state i believe still needs another viable score to emerge uh, whether that be Joshua yeah. Langford getting healthy or Aaron Henry emerging uh, or, some, uh, you know, Gabe Brown scoring more. Uh, Maryland is, is, is very good. Uh, and here's why. They've got the inside durability with the two young guys, Jalen Smith especially. And they've got Anthony Cowan, who's a playmaking point guard who's a senior. And anytime you get you know, some of your best guys uh, that, are, that are seniors – uh, you've got a real chance. Purdue was what we called per don't last night. Uh, they just, they, they didn't shoot it well and, and laid an egg. Um, Michigan, maybe uh, we call that a market correction, you know, unranked, then up to five, and then a return to the mean. I still think they're really good. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they've lost three or four. Uh, and, but, but you look at the schedule, like Michigan State and Michigan, the teams they've lost to, Usually you'd have to beat those teams in the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight to make the Final Four. I mean, they're high, high-level teams. Uh, so it's not – it's not. Uh, I don't think it's, it's not a bad thing. And that Oregon game, I really believe that, that Peyton Pritchard – you look at that battle between Xavier Simpson and Peyton Pritchard. Uh, did you see any of that game? And it's okay if you didn't. I'm not trying to set you up. We haven't pre-discussed this, folks. Uh, yeah, yeah, no worries. I was, I was, uh, I was on the road, so no, I didn't. Yeah, I want to hear about your trip to Ottumwa, Iowa, by the way. But, <laughs> uh, uh, but no, Peyton Pritchard scored six straight possessions, thirteen points at the end of regulation, the beginning of overtime, and just kind of willed the victory uh, for Oregon. It was really impressive stuff. High level game. A slow start again for Michigan. Uh, uh, when I say again, you know, I thought that. Purdue had a slow start. I thought that um, um, or, uh, Ohio State had slow starts. State. So there's just some teams, and we're gonna we're gonna get to this talking about uh, finals week and the week before, which I call dead week, uh, which can be really hard to navigate um, uh, as a coach. And we're gonna talk about that later in the broadcast. But um, you know, you just look at these teams. Uh, Penn State's got some some, you know, I, I they were a little bit sluggish against Alabama. And and then Lamar Stevens went bananas on both ends of the floor. Curtis Myron Jones, Curtis Jones started at Indiana, uh, so he's a you know a little bit older, but he did a, a good job. He and Myron, I think, combined for uh, I don't know what they combined for, but it was really good. So I'm just going down the list <laughs> until I get to our yeah. tremendous sound producer, Michael Beller and his Wisconsin team, and and they're now five and five. Um, they're still our metric darling. But uh, they probably need Micah <laughs> Potter for a little more help inside. Um, and, and Michael, quite frankly, is 
despite being, you know, a, a young man that spent four years in Madison, he's one of the few people that recalls half his time there. <laughs> Even more so, maybe. <laughs> oh, there, there it goes. Yeah. Pop it in. I, Michael, um, can you just tell us, uh, you graduated from Wisconsin in what, um, university studies? What was it? Uh, the journalism program, the journalism department. 2007 class of 07 nice i was there with alondo tucker and cam taylor zach morley brian butch guys. brian butch yes Bri indeed saw him on the big 10 you know, network Bri calling i can't remember what game it was over the weekend yeah um uh, it seemed like it was illinois i think he was calling yeah, I think illinois that's right. game. did you yeah, see illinois old dominion yeah and everybody loves to say georgie bishanishvili um but uh michael <laughs> did, i don't know if you heard about brian butch but talked about playing during the bye and one year that he was playing and this is what was so fun for me um uh brian was on the game and now i didn't hear everything but i'm pretty sure this happened he said that one year at wisconsin they played during their bye in 2006 and they usually had never played on their bye you know when they had their bye but one year they did and they played a, a division one independent team north dakota state and he said, you might laugh at these teams that come in, but we got beat. I don't know if he recalls, but do anybody know who the coach of that team at North Dakota State was? Tim Miles. Thank you, CJ. Thank you. And, Michael, thanks for doing the research, buddy. Division one. I was setting it up. I knew okay, who it was. Yeah, yeah. I was setting it up. How about this? We're Division one independent at North Dakota State. We beat Wisconsin at Wisconsin. They're ranked 12 or 13. The next season we beat. Marquette a Marquette when they were seven in the country. So the first two road games I ever coached, we won against ranked teams. I'm sorry, first two ranked teams we ever played, we beat. So I'm two and zero on on against ranked teams on the road, and I think I've won maybe five cents. But uh, <laughs> over how many years? I mean, you just don't realize how hard it is to um, win on the road. But um, um, uh, you got to have those tough Dakota but, boys. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we had a whole bunch of actually Minnesota kids. I think we had 11 of our 13 kids were from Minnesota. The other two were from North Dakota. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, Brian Bush did not see any job and Michael, this is the best we can do to work Wisconsin into the show and how the other week when I bet against them, they just drilled Indiana. And as soon as I called in to start the broadcast, you were kind enough to remind me how dumb I was. I appreciate that, Mike. Well, I appreciate you finding a way to work him in, even though it's been uh, a very on-brand Wisconsin start to the season. I, uh, I said, I feel like I've been watching the exact same Wisconsin game for 15 years now. The names just change. Yeah, well, they've, they've got an in-state rival in Milwaukee next. Uh, Patrick Baldwin, actually, whose son is a top recruit in the 2021 class. Uh, and, that is uh, correct. You, you, what, Tim, are you ready for your favorite part of the show? You know, if you go to The Athletic... And uh, oh. in this past week, I actually have a story on Mr. Pat Baldwin. Oh, that's awesome that you would actually self-promote something <laughs> people have to subscribe for. And um, But uh, no, that's that's great. Pat Baldwin and Pat Baldwin Jr., that should be a good story if it's well-written. <laughs> well, you know, I wrote it, so it's just mediocrely written, kind of, <laughs> kind of like how Wisconsin plays basketball. But uh, <laughs> Oh, nah, I don't, you oh, haven't played against it, Michael. them, man. You haven't played against them. So but, <laughs> just but, this season, just this season. Okay. But as we look at the big 10, they do need Micah Potter. And that was all just of this deal. But, um, you know, I, I still think you got the two Michigans, Ohio state, Maryland, 
and, 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 you know, I don't know what to make of Penn State and Iowa, whether they're true contenders for a top two or three finish. I don't think so, but Penn State would have the better chance to me in that group uh, only yeah. because of their yeah. inside prowess, and, but they need to shoot the ball really well. Yeah, there's there's a few teams in the big. I mean, there's teams like this all over college basketball, but there's a few teams in the Big Ten where it's like Penn State's one of those, Iowa's one of those, where depending on the night you catch them, you might really think they're really good, but then if you catch them on another night, it's like, eh. Um, yeah, you know, look, Iowa the, the the game the game against at Iowa State the other night, I I watched Iowa. You know, Iowa looked great that night, but um, you know, I know they've got a few stinkers. Four of the best five players in the league right now, analytically, are are centers. Daniel Orturu, yeah. Minnesota, Jalen Smith of, of Maryland, Luca Garza of Iowa, and Caleb Wesson. So it really goes to what you put on around those guys. And and so when you've got a center, you, it's easier to take away a center than it is anywhere else uh, because they play in the most traffic and, and everything else. But I think last night, Ohio State, from the three-point line, was seven for 20, which isn't, which isn't awful, you know, but they had been shooting it better. And... Uh, you know, they, they, they weren't at their best last night. Let's just put it that way, especially defensively. And Caleb Wesson has an inefficient night. And, you know, that's tough when, uh, when your best players, um, I don't have a stat line from me, but I, I know his shooting line wasn't, wasn't great. Um, quick, quick Iowa question. What are you hearing on, on Jordan Bohannon? You know, he played um, a really good game against Iowa state um, have you heard anything as far as whether he's going to shut it down or, or keep going? What do you think he'll he'll do? Because um, it's ten. He's played ten games now, I believe, and he can't go over that if he wants to, you know, somehow get a medical red shirt. So, are you, are you hearing anything there, Tim? Well, first of all, um, Caleb Wesson last night, uh, Minnesota did a good job. Richard Pitino, they trapped him in the post, and he took nine shots, as all, and four of them were threes. So almost half his shots were. Yeah you know, were these um, outside three-point field goals, which, you know, that's great and all, but not, not when you're the best post in the league. So uh, Jordan Bohannon, um, I have not um, heard exactly. Hang on. I have not heard exactly what he's doing um, uh, yet, um, but uh, I know he was happy to beat um, Iowa State, but I don't know. Um, uh, if he's decided yet what's going on. And I'm, I'm scrolling down his Twitter feed for information. While we're searching for that, have you, Tim, have you ever left your dress shoes on a uh, opponent's court before? You know, um, one year I walked out of, the, um, of an arena um, without my billfold, and we lost in overtime on a prayer. And we, um, and I walked out without my billfold and all my toiletries and my suit, you know, I changed into sweats. So I walked out with, without everything that I own basically. So I'm in the arena. We lose it overtime. We uh, missed some free throws down the stretch, had a three point lead. They threw up like a 40 footer when we didn't foul, um, at, this is at North Dakota, like 8,800 people at the game. Oh no, not that game. The year before it was 8,800. This one was smaller. Um, because we just pile drive them the week before by about 35. Um, so as we were going, um, I get a, a, a call. You want to hear this story? This is an amazing story now that I think about it. So I'm the North Dakota state I, I head coach. This is like 2004 
And we just lose in overtime after giving up, again, like a 40-footer to tie the game. Then we lose in overtime. And it might have been, yeah, 2004, 3, 4, or 4, 5, one of those two seasons. We had, we had a back-to-back with UND. So the previous Saturday, we beat them – or be, be, uh, previous Friday, we beat them by like 35 at home. Just drilled them. And this was the, these were like the last games they were ever going to play because we were going Division One, So it must have been five. And um, and then we went up to their place, blew a lead, and they hit this prayer where I don't foul up three. And so I get grilled by the media about foul and this, that, and the other thing. And then we go and um, uh, we go home, right? And as I'm walking into my office, which is, you know, an hour away down, the, down Interstate I-29, uh, my office phone's ringing. And it's the head of security at University of North Dakota at their um their nice hockey arena um and he says uh uh excuse me mr miles um are you do you have your billfold and i check my sweats no i've got my uh my book bag with me with my computer and stuff my laptop and uh he goes uh do you uh um do you have some clothes here and i i walked out of the arena without once i changed i just grabbed my bag and walked out so i left my toiletries my suit uh, which was wet, um, my, uh, in my billfold, uh, all just sitting right there. So I said, Oh man, thank you for finding out. I'll come get it tomorrow. Cause you know, now it's, we played a double header with the women and the women's game, I believe went overtime and we went overtime. Uh, and so now it's late. And so I go home and it's one of the few games we have on, on broadcast. So I watched the broadcast of the game and here's why a coach will watch the broadcast. So he can tilt the narrative back his way, find out what the announcers are saying and then contradict them. No. Um, and then just, you know, cause a lot of times what the announcers are saying are often what people think. And, um, and you don't always get that as a coach cause you're surrounded by your team and, and you're surrounded by your staff and you all have your own narrative. So it's nice to get that different perspective and know what, you know, what the pulse of the people are. So I watched the game. Then I watched my game tape. And um, I go in to go to bed with my wife, who uh, at the time, I don't th- um, uh, I think our son, I don't even know if Gabe was born. It was close. So it was like 2004 or five. But my, my daughter, Ava, who is at this time three or four, is laying in my spot in my bed. And it's 4.35 a.m. now. You know, I've been up the whole night, right? So we traveled home, got the call, no suit, went home, watched the end twice. Now I'm going to bed and there's... You know, the only bed open is a toddler bed. So I lay down in her bed, right, in the next room. My, you know, my feet are hanging way over. And, and if ever any parent has ever laid in a toddler bed, they know what I'm talking about. You know, I mean, it's the size of half your body. So, you know, I'm laying in this thing. And it, just as I close my eyes and take a breath, I feel this tapping on my forehead. And, like a, and it's my wife. And she says, do you smell gas? I'm like, What? Yeah, I think I smell gas coming from downstairs. And we had what you call a tri-level house at the time. So you walk in on the main floor, you go up like five steps, and it's like a living room and three bedrooms. You go down five steps, and it's like an open playroom, like basement, and then like a like a small den area too where we had another TV. I smell gas. I said, no way. I was just there like 10 minutes ago, five minutes ago. So I walked down. <laughs> You smell that? Yeah, I smell gas. And we both smell natural gas. So I call, I just call 911 because it's 5.15 a.m. 
And I said, hey, you know, it's not a big deal, but it's a deal. I said, we've got a pretty strong odor of gas coming out of our house. Okay, I'll get somebody right there. I said, well, we just need, you know, somebody to help with this. You know, I didn't, you know, it wasn't like I was calling for a fire. Within five minutes, the Fargo uh, Fire Department, police department, I mean, it's the big, biggest, like, um, fire truck you've ever seen and heard coming, like three ladders, <laughs> then a smaller fire truck, right? Then an ambulance, then a cop car, and they all are blaring, right? And so I've got the door open, the front door open, and just all of a sudden, you know, every house has got, like, you know, every house is dark in the neighborhood. There's just the street lights, And all of a sudden, one by one, like, the living room lights come on in every house, I said, geez, we didn't know, need the whole brigade. He goes, well, that's what we do when you call 911. <laughs> You're supposed to call the <laughs> fire line, right? So, so sure enough, you know, neighborhood settles down and they tell us, you know, you can't stay here tonight. And so I, my parents for years were house sitting uh, in the town um, wherever I was coaching for the first like um, two years at Mayville, they were in Aberdeen, four years at Marshall, Minnesota, they were in Marshall. And then for three years before we went to Division One, they were house sitting in Fargo. So my parents were at a professor's house who was retired and down in Arizona, and they were there. So I called mom and dad, say, "Hey, we, you know, we don't want to get a hotel. We, we want to come stay with you guys. We've got Ava, who's three or four, or whatever." And so sure enough, we go, and um, uh, and I think Carrie's pregnant at the time. So we go, and it's like now it's six a.m. right, just after six a.m. and I haven't slept right. Imagine the night, losing overtime. Don't follow up three. Yeah. You left everything in, in Grand Forks. You get home, watch the game. You get killed on the broadcast, right? And then you just get in the toddler bed and you got gas. Then you wake up the whole neighborhood with police, right? And now we're driving up to my parents' house. It's daylight. I have not slept one wink. I'm grumpy. I'm tired. I'm hungry, right? It's everything. I, you know. And my mom goes, oh, my poor baby. She grabs my wife and my daughter and my dad says, why didn't you follow that guy when you were up three? <laughs> that was nice. a hell of a night in Fargo. I tell you, and it was like nine below. So, um, however we got on this freaking story, I don't know. Jordan but, Bohannon, uh, Jordan Bohannon. Yeah. Cause he left his shoes. I mean, he, in, he, we don't know uh, what he's doing. And he left his shoes trying to sell them for something. Isn't he? No, no, he might be now. I don't know. He, uh, but yeah, he, he, he left them. And, uh, I think it said something like, uh, enjoyed the memory aims or something like that. Um, so yeah, oh, good, that's good, a, good, that's good, a, uh, that's, that's a, a dirty a, move. It's a dirty move. a dirty move. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he just, he, he did it. You know, I don't know. He, he did, did it. So some of those yeah. guys, I remember Ethan Happ, I don't think Ethan Happ ever lost at Minnesota like in four years. And uh-huh. and he was like, this is the best, you know. So, so there's nothing better than winning on the road, especially against your rival. Yeah, it's a lot and, better and, you know, than losing has, on the road has, has, and then coming home to gas and everything else. I promise you that. <laughs> and George Nang's definitely had some fun with those uh, Iowa fans. So I think uh, Bohannon is his uh, – nemesis there you know having fun with the cyclones but uh, i i wonder you said you touched on something there i wanted to ask you about um bobby hurley recently got really really upset with uh i believe some pac-12 announcers for um things they said on on one of the arizona state broadcasts have you ever just got pissed off at a, a broadcasting crew that was calling one of your games well yeah i mean from time to time you feel like um 
you know, God, are they ever going to give us any credit or talk about us at all yeah. or whatever, you know? And I think that's just a natural uh, pull. I did not, I, I saw what, what, what coach Early said. I did not hear the game. I know that now yeah. broadcasting, some games are more difficult to, to call than others. So you can get, um, you can get to stretching, so to speak, you know, where you're trying to fill mm-hmm. broadcast time. Um, usually it's easy on TV because you don't have to say, really, you don't have to say anything because people see and they make their own judgments. It's just if you can add value, you try and add value. Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah, so sometimes it can be hard to call. But, you know, I don't know that I've ever been, quote, unquote, done wrong. Uh, but obviously that was probably not the first time he felt that way. I'd be surprised, you know, if he just brought it up yeah. the first time. So that can happen. But, you know, everybody's grouchy around finals week, don't you think? Yeah, let's let's get to that. What What is it like to coach on uh, for, for, for finals week? What's it like for the players? Any any good finals week stories? No, I've, I'm storied out right now. In terms of, yeah, I probably got a whole out, bunch. Yeah. But so, so first of all, I think there's two weeks that are important. And, and that's maybe why you see some of the sluggishness. In particular, I've, I've been paying attention to the Big Ten, but the Big Ten teams is one is during finals week, you know, you, you, you practice at different times depending on the finals week schedules of the guys. So you might practice 8 to 10 one day, uh, noon to 2 the next, and 4 to 6 p.m. the next day, right? So, it, you know, you have an uneven product, you know, then. And usually when their week is uneven, their, their play is uneven, so to speak. Uh, the other thing is the week before, which I call dead week, Oftentimes they have, um, uh, you know, all these, um, all the studying for the exams and all these different things do, or if it's an athlete, oftentimes with their travel, they may have some things still to hand in, you know, and because uh, of all the travel and the things that go with it, especially in basketball, you know, think of a football plays every Saturday. And if they don't play at the same time, they complain about it. You know, you're like, oh, we got a morning kickoff. Oh my God. You know, blah, blah, blah. Basketball. I mean, you play every you know like you you might look at what uh, nebraska just went through they played on the road and then less than 48 hours they're playing again at home against two league yeah it's why it's why i picked against them uh against the spread because i'm thinking man that's a tough turnaround but then nope missed it well you missed that spread how about how about this 10 i uh i flipped a nickel the other day just because somebody said hey you'd be better you'd be better off flipping a coin than than just picking the game so i was like all right i'll flip a coin but i'll still make my picks we'll see how the coin does coin goes five and oh i went two and three (laughs) (laughs) so are we just trying to talk people out of gambling by picking on on, (laughs) i think so on your picks and my picks because we were pretty we were pretty terrible this weekend again too i haven't i haven't added it up i think I, i was like two and four on our picks or something like that well, our picks are going to be tremendous here coming right. up, but since we're going to pick the Sun yeah, Bowl today. Yeah. But anyhow, um, <laughs> uh, you, so oftentimes, you know, with those guys, you know, um, now when you don't have classes, if you don't keep them on a steady routine, you know, you'll see a lot of coaches, I, Tom Izzo was talking about this, we'll do two-a-days. And the reason is, is because, you know, if you've been, you know, getting up and going to class, although a lot of guys right now, are doing so much online classes. They don't, they don't attend um, classes as often because everything's online, which I don't particularly like. I used to like them to actually meet a professor, talk to them and interact on occasion. So, uh, but then, you know, they're doing their job going to, to class. You yeah, can check on them that yeah. way. Yeah. And so, um, so both those weeks are tough because the kids are usually gassed and you're really trying to get a lot out of them. So you'll see, 
not many games scheduled. Um, and I, you know, it's interesting to me and I don't know why the big 10, uh, the first time we did the big 10, uh, the first two times, I think we did the big 10 before Christmas where we played two league games, they were all done within a week. And here they've spread them out over like 10 days or 12 days now with the last one coming up Wednesday. I don't know why they did that. Um, uh, I'm sure they, that that's what they decided here this, this um, last spring. Uh, but because I was um, on my couch, not at the Big Ten meetings, um, you I don't know. I'm sure you would have been vocal. I'm sure you would have been vocal in that room. Yeah, I would have had something to say. <laughs> and uh, I think they said the meeting got over 45 minutes sooner without Bo Ryan and Tim Miles in the room. So, uh, so anyhow, um, it, it can be tough because it's usually a grind and it's usually a, a letdown when the guys are done with what, what they've had to do on occasion, you get a guy with a light schedule, so it's not too bad, but remember you're managing, you know, how many different guys, 13 to 16 guys, 12 to 16 guys. So, um, usually you get some guys that during the, now during the break, while they're off, don't handle the lack of regimentation very well because they're not on as much, or certainly during this dead week and finals week, you know, they get a little gassed. And a lot of times when you let down, you get sick, you know, like, okay, the pressure's off. I'm, I'm relaxed because I don't have schoolwork. Boom. Uh, there's a flu bug going around or something like that. And they get sick. And that's the other thing that, you know, um, and I hope Matt Harms is okay. Cause he did not look like himself. He looked tired a lot yesterday. I was wondering deep down if he was maybe fighting off a flu bug or something like that. Then he took a hard fall. Charlie Easley was driving and he tried to block a shot and they went awkward and, and he landed on his right on the square of his back. And then his head hits the hardwood after that on like a whiplash thing. And that was a pretty significant injury for Purdue. So we're hoping uh, for the best for Matt Harms because that was an ugly fall. Yeah. yeah, he's an important piece for them. All right, so uh, mo- moving on here, you wanted to uh, pick the Sun Bowl games. Yeah, well, um, I want to tell you about the Sun Bowl, first of all. All right, because uh, you, got, you got real fired up in the text to me. So, well, so here's I what I'm hear saying. They're, they're, the Sun Bowl's been going on for like 52 years, and, and they've always had uh-huh. a basketball tournament in front of um, their football um, uh, game, which is the Sun Bowl, which is right after Christmas, usually yeah. around Christmas. And um, uh, I think, oh, it's before Christmas now, right? I'm not on the football hill. I have the site pulled up. Let me, uh, yeah, let's let me go. check it out here. Do you know who the sponsor let's, let's is? See. The, 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 the Don Haskins basketball invitation. Do you know who the sponsor is um, for the football game? The Sun Bowl? It's the Tony the Tiger. I'm not a Kellogg's. Oh, nice. Frosted Flakes. Nice. It's nice, great. Nice. Here, I have, <laughs> I have the uh, I have the basketball part pulled up, but I don't know about the uh, the football game. Let's see. Tony, yeah, here we go. Tony the Tiger. How about Sun Bowl. it? Tony the Tiger. The, go check out. Please go check out the logo because it's fantastic. It looks like that game is Tuesday, December 31st, if I'm looking at this right. Yeah, yeah. And so usually the Sun Bowl is either right after or it's right before that, usually the week proceeds. Sometimes it's closer to the actual bowl game. But they do a tremendous job. And I played in it twice. When I was at Colorado State, we won it. And when I was at uh, Nebraska, we lost in the championship game. They treat the coaches great. They treat the players great. Um so I'm only going to use first names to protect the innocent, but Barry, Vic, and Rick were my guys. But Victor, um, was, who's become a good friend of mine, um, was a homer. And in fact, he, he rooted against my team both years we were down there. And he wore orange socks, and he'll only be the team host to UTEP, which 
why I still like him is beyond me. But um, they go down, and if you've seen the El Paso boys, the Sun Bowl boys, they take a whole group down on summer recruiting. They'll be down at the Final Four, uh, recruiting teams to come down. And, and this year, they've got, of course, UTEP. And it's not an MTE, so it counts as each game. And they've got Kent State, UC Irvine, and North Carolina A&T. And, uh, and so uh, last night, I get a text from uh, one of the assistant coaches uh, at Kent. And he's like, uh, he's like Coach, man, uh, it, it's, there's some legendary stories going about Coach Miles down here. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. El Paso is my town. You know, um, uh, Juarez, not so much. El Cid, nope, not crossing the border. One mile away, I'm not going. But El pa it was a great town. It's a well-run event and well-attended. And we had a whole bunch of, we just had a great time. They have a, a huge hospitality room. Uh, they, they um, uh, and, and again, I just, I, I really think that they've done a great job. And, and this also brings up Rodney Terry, which I wanted to bring up because Rodney's done a very good job after he lost yeah. Fresno and he went to UTEP. He's got a pretty salty team down there this year. Yeah, they, uh, you know, they beat Texas Tech in a in a scrimmage uh, exhibition game in the in the preseason, which caught my attention. Made, made me a little skeptical of uh, Tech, but man, uh, you know what UTEP's done so far, you can tell they're they're pretty good. They're pretty good field because because UC Irvine last year makes a tournament, beats K State. I was at that game in in uh, San Jose. Um, you know, they lost some some pieces, but they still returned. Um, some guys that, that were, were involved in that little run. And then Kent State's off to a really good start, and UTEP's pretty good. So yeah, not, U, not UTEP to, is 6-1, you know, and, one, and on. the only game they lost was at New Mexico State by three. So should be a lot of fun. Yeah, and everybody knows how – anybody who follows college basketball knows, you know, playing at New Mexico State, not not easy. So, um, all right, let's pick these games, Tim. Who you got in the yeah, – the, yeah. we'll start with UC Irvine, Kent State. Who you got first? Uh, so that's a great game, I, I believe. Yeah. And, um, and I, I'm taking Kent State. I'm, I'm, I've already bolded my teams here, who I'm gonna pick. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going Kent State as well, and I'm, I'm guessing we're both taking UTEP in the second one. All right, right? all right. And I'm picking UTEP to win all right, it so all. So let's. That's who I'm picking too. So uh, we line can't. up. <laughs> for for once, we line up. Huh? I could change my mind. Is that what you're saying? You need to change your mind right now and take Kent State. So we don't line up. Fine. Yeah, oh, you oh. have to. Golly. We can't even have a broadcast anymore. We're just going to agree. Yeah. You're taking Kent <laughs> State. I, I, got, I'm forcing I got Kent State. Let's go. Let's go. I'm, <laughs> I'm watching that game. I'm going to be pulling so hard. Tell you what. I'll even State. get you. I'm going to get my Antonio Gates. I'm going to go find an Antonio Gates jersey. Yeah. And, do it. Uh, where that did, didn't he go to Kent State? Isn't that right? See, yes, you're exactly. My, so now you're, now you, yeah. now you get it. Now you're doing, this is, yes. Golden flashes. Good job. Let's go. Went to an elite eight. Yeah, Antonio Gates. I remember that run. That I used to uh, I used to play a lot of ball with his uh, with his point guard Trevor Huffman, who's now coaching in Belgium. Oh, nice. he was a good player. I remember him. Who's yeah. the head coach of that there Kent State go. team? Oh, Stan Heath. Man, Stan Heath. Stan Heath. That's right. And who That's took right. over for Stan Heath? Jim Christian, old Jim Christian. Uh, you now Boston Cop. Boston College coach. Yeah, right? and Armand yeah. Gates, who was my assistant for a year, actually played on those teams too. Oh, there you go. There you go. Still at Nebraska. Yep. All right. So great All job. Right. So I got so, I got Colden so, Flashes. Let's go. So just as we wrap this up, though, you know, this has been a great podcast because we worked in the Sun Bowl. I got to talk a lot. 
And um, this has really been probably our best effort, I think. Michael got in on the action. And um, um, we have yet to hear two things. One, um, you know, like you said in your email to me, do you consider this a mid-major tournament, This, this um, the, the Sun Bowl? Because you've got Irvine, UTEP, Kent State. You know, is this a mid – what makes a, a mid-major from a high major in your mind, CJ? Um, I would say resources mid major. No, no, I would, I would say resources is the biggest thing. So Gonzaga in my mind is, is not, and you know, I was, I was saying in there, um, we were going to pick three mid major teams, each of us, but I think we'll skip that and and do it maybe later this week. I agree. But, um, I was, I I was going to say, um, you know, mountain West and a 10, like, I almost think that's like a step above mid major. So like there's, there's a, Maybe a medium. If medium's above mid, I don't know if it is, but can we say medium's above mid? Well, <laughs> there's well, like I don't know what do. the, what you call those teams, I, but there, there's a there's a tier between mid major and, and, and so high major, in I, my opinion. Are you, would let's you agree? just say that Disney and Apple know what they're doing. All right, can we say that Disney uh-huh. and Apple know what they're doing? Do you agree with that? Yes, I would. I would let's say put that's a plus correct. behind yeah, it. Yeah. Put a plus plus sign. ESPN plus. <laughs> mid major plus. Disney plus. Yeah, Apple mid- plus. Mid major plus. There you go. Put a plus like sign. A- anytime you put a plus sign, I, I think like it that. adds again adds value. It's like makeup for a broadcaster yeah. when you're in the studio. <laughs> it's an so, asset. So so on on Friday we'll pick some uh, some mid major teams, not mid major plus, but mid major teams that yeah. we think could uh, because you could, could be, be a mid major plus in a mid major league. Like I think because it's the way you Gonzaga. recruit. It's the way you recruit. If yeah. you're recruiting on a national Although, level, like Gonzaga, worldwide level. They're they're high major. Yeah, I'm they're sorry. high major. Not but that doesn't make major, yeah. um, another team in that league. Does that mean mean San Diego and Portland's budget, or Santa Clara even, or San Francisco's facility budget? Uh, how, how much would you have to make to be an assistant in San Francisco, right? If you were high major, oh, man. even the Pac-12 yeah. struggles with that. So, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. But um, that'll be a great topic for future discussion. But uh, I, I like it a lot. I think that you're right on that. This is a mid-major tournament, but we're going to talk about the mid-major pluses, but we're going to find those three mid-major Cinderella's, um, the Butlers in the Horizon Leagues uh, in the old days, uh-huh. um, the, uh, the um, George Masons. Uh, and, you know, what's really fun to see are the old days when you start talking to guys like who's in the Final Four, you know, uh, in certain years. Um, and – you know, when they only allowed the true conference champion to be in uh, uh, and there were less teams, a lot more mid-majors were going, obviously. And it's also going to get into another discussion on how is net, uh, the net ratings geared toward the high majors and are the high majors trying to ice out the mid-majors by going to 20 league games. So all that's going to come up in the future. Um, and uh, But for now, like I'm just glad that I've got UTEP in the Sun Bowl. <laughs> yeah, you, you, uh, hostage, hell of hostage. Yeah. I, I, uh, but Hey, golden flashes. I'm all over. I'm sorry. Golden flash. I'm sorry. I doubted you there for a second. I believe in you. You're going to get this dub. We're going to tell, we're going to just throw it in t- back in Tim's face. And, and Russell um, Turner, after. I tell you what, um, uh, I'll even give you a UC, uh, Irvine if that game happens, uh, that way. If they pull through. Uh, so I'm, yeah. There so you I'm go. basically giving Russell you the Turner whole other side of the bracket. Bit. All right. That's fair. That's fair. It's like right, taking so, Tiger Woods uh, we gotta, and the we Americans got... versus the rest of the world and the Ryder Cup <laughs> and the President's Cup combined. 
All right, Tim. So we got some housekeeping before we get out of here. We, we first of all, we need to tell people to please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. And if you go to theathletic.com/slash/milesmore, that's M-O-O-R-E, and subscribe to the athletic there, you can get forty percent off. So how about that? Our listeners can get like there, a hot deal. On it's a about time. That's we're, good deal. Yeah, it's about time we give them back some cheese. Yeah, and so also. Um, you know, I want to tell our listeners, you, if you love Michigan and Michigan State basketball and you want some more basketball talk, but on those schools, uh, be sure to listen to Brendan Quinn and Nick Bumgarner over at The Beat, both great writers who, who crush it on those beats. Their, their podcast is called The Beat, so we want to give them a little love. And uh, Tim, our, you know, our producer, Michael, who, who we heard from for the first time this episode, he's informed me that I need a sign off. You got any good ideas for me? Goodbye, folks. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> my my head went right to to Anchorman, so it's like something you know, stay classy, America, or um, you know, maybe an 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 ode to advanced stats, stay efficient, America. So, something. Oh like that. wow! I'm, I'm, How about I'm that still one? working on it. So so about, um, you need to you need to go ahead, Michael. Pipe I, in. No, I said I like stay efficient. That's nice. Stay efficient, America. Okay, okay. My, my last one was. Until next time, you hoop-loving angels. So I think I'm going to go with stay fat, fit, efficient, America, unless uh, unless we can – Tim, you, you, you think on that this week. Maybe you can come up with a better catchphrase for me. Yeah, I mean, I've uh, already got ten better ideas, but we'll we'll come up with something. Prob- probably so. We'll we'll work on that. We'll work on that. Bring a working list to the to the table on Friday. But we'll we'll be back a fr- on Friday. Uh, appreciate everybody joining us. So uh, in, until next time, stay efficient, America. Thank you.